Sex God has gone. Non-tendered, the Brian Anderson era with the Marlins is now over. Going to dig into all of that news. Plus, Eliezer Hernandez traded. Yes, sir, the Marlins drop a trade bomb with Eliezer Hernandez heading to the Mets. Digging into that one also on today's show. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I was going to go for Vietnam, but didn't feel right. Nevertheless, welcome to Locked On Marlins, guys. It is the Saturday episode that should have been the Friday episode, but I wanted to hold on and make sure that we covered all the news. I knew the the non-tender, uh, non-tender deadline was uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, which is too late for me. Too late to be waiting on, waiting to record pods. So I wanted to get up and hit it Saturday morning. So welcome to the Saturday episode that should have been Friday episode that's recapping the news that happened on Friday. Still following me? If you aren't, hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK, of course. No TikToks, no Instas, not yet. Twitter is still alive for now. Jeff Passon, he's got Insta going. I need to I need to work out what I need to do in that area if, if indeed Twitter dies. Imagine if Twitter died. What would we do? How would we stay in touch? How would we communicate? It's my favorite place to talk to baseball fans. There are no baseball fans here in the UK. My only friends are online. We need Twitter to stay alive. Anyway, if you are listening, hit subscribe to the pod. It's available free and everywhere. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. This should be your first listen. It's out there early doors, particularly for the US audiences. Sorry to the UK guys. If uh, I'm a little bit late, you maybe were expecting this earlier. If you want to watch the show, there is a YouTube channel. Hit me up on there too. You will see. It is daylight. It is the morning. So guys, big, big news dropping here overnight. There was some news already dropping, which in itself was almost emergency podcast territory. The fact that the Marlins traded Eliezer Hernandez and Jeff Brigham. Let's not forget uh, Jeff Brigham in there too. But the Marlins had already DFA'd Eliezer. They were never going to pay him $2 million, uh, in arbitration this year. And they've got something back. And it may be, you know, we'll see what happens there. But it, it reminds me of the Jordan Yamamoto situation a few years ago when the Marlins had DFA'd him and ended up trading him also to the Mets and getting something back. And then Jordan Yamamoto... Uh, continued to be the Yamamoto of the Marlins in recent years, and thus was then uh, DFA'd there also. We'll wait and see. I am very intrigued uh, when we get to see, I mean, to a division rival. Uh, good chances we're going to see Eliezer pitching against the Marlins. And it's going to go one of two ways, and either of them will be extreme. There will be either bombs away, meatballs served, etc. Or... Probably the more likely, because it's the Marlins, it will be four innings of no-hit ball before he's taken out third way, third, uh, way through the lineup, whatever it might be. And he's probably not going to be starting. Maybe they'll have a bullpen game. I don't know. There'll be something in there. It'll be a Sunday game, bullpen game. is going to have four innings, probably hit, you know, no hits. 
And we'll all look back and go, boy, oh boy, the pain. Anyway, I'm going to come to the trade a little bit later on the show. I really wanted to dig into the main news. This was the main point we were all waiting on and thinking on was what are the Marlins going to do with Brian Anderson, the sex god? Brian Anderson has been a stalwart with this Marlins organization. Apart from Miggy Rowe, longest standing player. And it's been an interesting ride with Brian Anderson. Let's think back to you know when Kim joined the club two years ago. And at that point, Brian Anderson was coming off a really impressive 2020 year. Yes, it was a short sample size. It was a 60-game sprint, as we know. Brian Anderson, really nice year. Played pretty much every day. I think he missed one game out of the 60 and was immense at third base as well. It was truly stunning at third base. The defense was absolutely insane. The bat was nice, hit him well, above average bat. All the talk was, pay B.A., let's pay B.A. Why were, the, why were we asking about that? There's a couple of reasons why. And they were, in my opinion, anyway. Firstly, we thought he was good. <laughs> so let's call that out. We thought he was good and could be part of the future beyond these two, uh, well, three years it could have been. He hasn't even got through his third arbitration year with the Marlins. So we were thinking it could have been a longer-term commitment to Brian Anderson that we felt was probably an above-average third baseman in baseball. So that's one of the reasons. The second reason, and this is probably why it gathered so much momentum, is we were just looking to pay anyone. Like, as fans, we were just looking to some sort of financial commitment from Bruce Sherman and the group. I don't think it was about Brian Anderson. In some ways it was. But I don't think it was. I think as a fan base, we're all sitting there waiting to see what Bruce Sherman is going to do at that point. This is coming off the back of 2020. When when the team starts to get good, is Bruce Sherman going to invest in this team? And as fans, that's what we were looking for. We were looking for early indicators on that topic. Is Bruce going to spend the dough? Kim came in, said, we're going to... I'm going to take stock of everyone. I need to get to know everyone. I need to assess everything. There was no need to extend Brian Anderson in a hurry. He had, at that point, he had three years of control remaining, taking up to age 29, 30. There's no real rush, I guess. And that's the other point, right? There was no need to. And Kim eventually made the right call. Let's let's go back and say, This was the right call. Imagine if the Marlins had extended Brian Anderson a six-year, I don't know, $50 million contract, 55, 60, I don't know, whatever the numbers were. Would it be terrible? It wouldn't be the end of the world, that contract. Like, Brian Anderson is a serviceable dude. And it's just the fact that the injuries have plagued him in the last two seasons that has just devalued him. But from that point, the injury concerns weren't real. We didn't know about them. And this is the this is the point with extensions for guys that are in their kind of you know mid to late twenties. There's not really that much value in in pulling the trigger at that point. It's a bit different when you've got a young stud superstar that's 20, 21, 22, and you're thinking this is a generational talent. Let's sign them now so we can really get the value. With Brian Anderson, there was no need to do that. He had the three years of control, and you can wait and see if the Marlins. And Brian Anderson were happy with each other. I'm sure they could have found a way to extend that deal. 
In the end, they gave the Marlins and Kim gave themselves more flexibility. Let's wait and see what Brian Anderson can do as he progresses into his uh, latter 20s. Does the production remain? As a ball club, are we in the same spot where we headed? Wait and see. And in the end, the wait and see paid off. In this situation, in other situations, it's fair to say we've called out to say wait and see hasn't been the approach we've been looking for. I'm going to take you back to the deadline that's just passed. I mean, there's been a lot of deadlines recently. That's one of the, the funny things of baseball. But the trade deadline um, in uh, at the end of July, that's what I'm talking about. And that was a wait and see, it felt, from Kim. Wait and see what deals came in, what offers came in. And if there's one we like, we'll, we'll take it. Is that the right call? Maybe it was. Maybe. Um, I guess that's the point, is in that deadline moment, the prices and the value and the requirement goes up. If you don't think it meets that value, and actually you can still do the same deal in the offseason, then maybe. But you know, the offseason clearly, you know, there's a lot more opportunity for, for teams to add the play add players, right? Free agency, everyone's kind of reshuffling their rosters around. A lot of movers, a lot of movers. At the deadline, there's teams that are in it and they know they're in it. And it's not easy to get more talent because there's no free agents uh, other than the guys that are really terrible um, are not really going to be impactful. So we'll wait and see on that. But going back to Brian, I'm going off on a tangent. Going back to Brian Anderson, the Marlins played it right. Back to when we were asking about Brian Anderson being paid, it was, I think, more of an indicator of what the front office and this organization and Bruce Sherman would do. I don't think it was really fundamentally about Brian Anderson. They're going to extend anyone. We got that answer, though, a year later because they extend, extended Sandy Alcantara. And I talked about it on Thursday's episode. It's the, one of the best deals uh, the Marlins uh, uh, that exist, well, the Marlins have ever done, plus also one of the best deals that currently exist in baseball. The point I was making uh, after the Cy Young announcement, so, uh, in my opinion, Sandy Alcantara, the most valuable player in baseball right now. And yes, a lot of people responded to that. Hey, have you forgot that Shohei Otani exists? I know Shohei Otani exists, but I didn't share the criteria. So that was that was poor on my part. The criteria I was baking into it was current age, current contract position, recent performance, past performance, and looks. All of them combined, Sandy Alcantara has every single player covered. Every single one of them. Doesn't matter who you are. The situation with Sandy right now is more valuable than any other player in the game, in my opinion. Some then pointed to um, Julio Rodriguez. Fair enough, I get the point. Young dude, but he's still a rookie. He's he's performed for one year. Michael Harris, the second. One year, less than one year of production. Let's see what they can do in year two. We were saying the same about Trevor Rogers. Hey, what an amazing stud. Marlins have got him for years. Regressed. Regression happens. Sandy Alcantara right now is a certified major league stud. Guaranteed. No health issues. Touch wood. And it is a wooden desk, by the way. No health issues. Year-on-year -year performance. Contract position. Current age. Looks. Listen, Brian Anderson's gone, but there is a new sex god in town, and it's Sandy Alcantara. Boy, oh boy, what a stud. Did you see that green shirt he was wearing when he was given his Cy Young Award? 
Where do they, where can you get those from? Someone give me the link. I'll put a Gymshark logo on it and probably wear it. But what a stunning shirt that was. Anyway, I've gone off on another tangent. <laughs> but I wanted to just touch on that piece around Sandy Alcantara because I know I was talking about it on Twitter and it got a lot of it got a lot of engagement, and rightly so. People I could understand where you go, hey, Shoei Otani, Aaron Judge, whatever, they may be seen as more valuable in a vacuum in a one-year situation because of what they've just done. I understand that. Shoei Otani, one year of control. Aaron Judge, about to command, I don't know, a 300 million, 250 million contract. I don't know. So those contract positions, the age situations, they're worse. They're worse than Sandy. Aaron Judge, littered with injuries historically too, is worse. Sandy Alcantara, for what we know right now in this moment in time, is the most valuable player, entity, however you want to look at it, in baseball. And it isn't even close. So guys, what is close is ad break time. And it's our good friends over at Bet Online. Let's get those graphics rolling, baby. <laughs> so if BetOnline, well, BetOnline.net is your number one source, by the way, for sports betting info and stats. Um, if I was a betting man, I would be, where would I be thinking the Marlins would be going? Would I be thinking about Cody Bellinger, maybe? I don't know. We'll wait and see what the odds are on that. But you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football, basketball, soccer, and esports. By the way, the World Cup starts on Sunday. Get those bets flying in. Who are your favorites? Can, you, can England do some damage? I think they can. I think the, the conditions favor England nicely. Nice air-conditioned stadiums. Seems good for England, if you ask me. If you love sportscasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your Ben and Fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ah, let's get those graphics back. Okay. My cold has come back. What's going on? Okay. Brian Anderson, 10 years over with the Marlins. And we thank Brian Anderson for all that he did. But at the end of the day, why was Brian Anderson non-tendered? He was non-tendered because at six million for the Marlins, it's too much. This is an economic decision. Straight up. If this was a different situation, a different team, a different budget, a different payroll, Brian Anderson at six million, no brainer. Let's keep him around. Utility guy, you know, above average to average major league bat, above average to average third base defense. It's valuable. And that's the that's the, the interesting bit. They would have been actively seeking a trade, trying to get something done. In the end, they couldn't, which is a bit surprising. But I think, you know, to Craig Mish's point maybe last week, they'll be suitors for Brian Anderson. And there absolutely should be. In in reality, he could be an upgrade for many teams. And I could see Brian Anderson having a real nice year next year. And just, I'm very intrigued to see Brian Anderson in a competitive team, a very competitive team, and seeing what he can do. No pressure on as such. I mean, there's always pressure on to perform. But Brian Anderson in a good lineup, what could that look like? And I was thinking about it last night. It was clear the Dodgers were going to non-tender Cody Bellinger because his arbitration number, because of his MVP year, is so inflated. That's the problem with arbitration. It takes into account his MVP year, and thus, it never goes down. So his arbitration number was way overinflated for the performance in the last two years. He's been terrible, fundamentally. 
And I was looking at that thinking, ah, the Dodgers. I think they need a third baseman. At least one that is, is serviceable for them and can even just be a bench guy. I think Brian Anderson on the Dodgers would be wonderful. I think it'd be a wonderful fit. I also was thinking from a Marlins perspective, Cody Bellinger as a, as a center fielder, fine. Better than fine. He's good. Good center fielder. Let's tick that box. We need a center fielder still. Left-handed stick, need another one of them. Great. Okay, there's some challenges in the offense, but could the Marlins have swung a deal with the Dodgers to send Brian Anderson over to L.A.? and Bellinger back to the Marlins. It was a no-lose, really, for any of them in many ways. What it would have meant, and why would the Marlins have done that? Question is, is if now Bellinger goes to the free market, can the Marlins outbid everyone else, and does Cody Bellinger want to come to Miami? That's the question. The answer, can the Marlins outbid anyone? No. And does he want to come to Miami? I don't know. Maybe he does. But the reason you would make that trade... They're about to uh, non-tender Brian Anderson. Anyway, so it isn't a trade. Basically going to say, we've got two non-tender dudes. Let's give us Bellinger. Maybe they send them a small piece to make it happen. I don't know. Then you have control of Bellinger. And if you're comfortable with 18 million or whatever the number is, then great. You've gone and acquired Bellinger. He has no say in it. He can't negotiate with anyone else. You just go to the arbitrator and get a you know get a number that, that fits. I don't know. Listen, you look at Bellinger's numbers, this is the thing, right? You look at his numbers, he absolutely stinks. He stunk it out for two years. But he's also been in an MVP historically, and he's still young. So from a Marlins perspective, I look at Bellinger and think, a guy on a one-year prove-it deal, which is effectively what he'd be, he'd be looking for his next contract, a one-year prove-it deal, um, with that, with his age, like, is it is it worth the risk for the Marlins? Could they take the risk? Well, they haven't taken the risk. <laughs> so I'm talking like they, this may be an option. But my head was thinking about it, thinking, could this make sense? Make it make sense. And for me, it made all the sense in the world. You know, maybe there was a conversation. Maybe there wasn't. I don't know. I'll ask Craig. He'll probably know. <laughs> but... You know, we'll wait and see. The Cody Bellinger situation, I think, is very intriguing now because a lot of teams are looking for center field help as well and outfield help. And, you know, the talk is, well, maybe now you can get a deal with Bellinger at eight or nine million, a kind of Jock Peterson type deal that he signed. Maybe. But probably someone out there is going to say, we see some potential here in Cody Bellinger. Let's sign into a a multi-year deal at X value with some options, et cetera, et cetera. And the Marlins are probably going to be outbid. And Bellinger's got a say in it. That's the point. I think there was an opportunity to acquire a former MVP that was on a prove-it year, you know, a, a prove-it year contractually. And I, I like that profile of player. Those guys, for whatever reason, and I know the reason, they seemingly come alive in these contract years. And a change of scenery for Bellinger into a Marlins team, playing every day. I think it could have been a nice fit. Could have been. Speaking about a nice fit, if you're looking for home security, then this really is a nice fit. And it's our guys over at Simply Safe. And if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, 
Locked On listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off, 5 0. It's the biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. If you, and you're thinking, why? Let's start with what they've got. It's a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, every single one of them, window and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when a threat is real, only when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors to detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. In an emergency, they have 24-7 professional monitoring agents. Just think about that. You've effectively got emergency guys sat there 24-7 to handle any issue. Capturing critical evidence if the threat is real. And also get priority police response. Sounds amazing. And the service costs less than a buck a day. Less than half the price of ADT's traditional, professionally installed system. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I, personally, would recommend. Get 50% off the new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Truly, there is no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. Multiple segues, of course, on a Saturday morning episode. Hope you're enjoying it. Thanks again for making Locked on Marlins your first listen today. How are you enjoying these solo pods, by the way? Let me know. And a lot of guys do comment after the shows on YouTube, particularly. I'd love to hear from you guys because I always, at the start of, when I started this pod, I'd never done solo pods. And I've started to do them a little bit more frequently for various reasons. And I feel like I'm getting a bit better but I'd love to get your feedback. Am, am I just drinking my own Kool-Aid on this one? Let me know. There's always guests. There will always be guests. But at times, there will always there will always be a need for solo pods, particularly on a Saturday morning when no one else is awake. <laughs> no one's awake. Okay. Brian Anderson. Non-tendered. Big news. Secondary news. Nick Nider. Non-tendered. He was already, he was already DFA'd earlier. And that was just administrative, let's say. Nick Nider also leaving the organization. Okay, next news. Dylan Floro. We had the breaking news. He has avoided arbitration. So he has a deal in place already for 2023. And it is just, I believe, a tick under $4 million. For the Marlins, that is closer money, in my opinion. That is closer like dough for the fish. What does that say? I think Dylan Floro is expected to be your closer. In 23. If not, he will be the eighth inning guy. Floro is going to be expected to pitch in high leverage. And overall, once he came back last season and in 2021, Floro's been he's been effective. And I think sometimes we forget that. Some, you know, it's it isn't sexy with Floro. It isn't. I think the expectation is the Marlins still look to add a guy, another guy with ninth inning experience. Floro now clearly does have ninth inning experience. And uh, we'll wait and see who that guy is. It's fair to say Sandy Alcantara on Twitter was, was hyping up someone. I did see uh, that there was a, a non-tender situation from the Cardinals, um, which I think looks interesting. Um, we'll wait and see if uh, where the Marlins go with that one. But... There's going to be quite a few names knocking around now, and the reliever market will kind of heat up as some of these non-tenders start to happen, and we'll see what the free agent pool looks like. But from a Marlins perspective, they need to add, I think, another arm, and we'll wait and see how they approach it. But for me, $4 million to Floro, like I said, that's kind of close a dough. Close a dough uh, for them. How confident are you in, uh, in, in Floro heading into 23? 
I'm pretty confident if he's healthy. And, you know, I guess that that shouldn't be a huge if. But, yeah, we'll wait and see. The final piece, guys, because I am running slightly over time. Like I said, the Marlins executed a trade with the Mets. Not only is Eliezer Hernandez gone, but Jeff Brigham also. The two of them gone. Um, and it is, in return, is a young, flame-throwing dude, Franklin Sanchez, and a player to be named later. So two guys coming back, which, for in effect, guys that were free, and yes, they're free, but from a Mets perspective, they are relatively high up in the waiver claim order because they had a great year. So the Mets were thinking... Are these guys going to get all the way back up to us? Probably not. Let's send them a piece to make sure we go and get our guys. Fair play to the Mets. Brigham, I think he's got minor league options too. This is the thing for Brigham. He does have options, and he actually performed pretty well at the major league level last year. Completely makes sense. Very intrigued, clearly, about Eliezer Hernandez. Can, can the Mets find a role for Eliezer? He has no minor league op. Actually, I think he does have one minor league option. I need to check that. Anyway, he's gone, so it's the Mets' problem now. Nevertheless, it reminds me a lot. That's my first nevertheless. I can't even say it now. I try to call it out. For those wondering, someone on Twitter called out to say, Pete, are you playing a game here where you're trying to say nevertheless as many times as you can in one episode? And I wasn't. <laughs> but when I listened back, I realized there was an overusage of that term as a linking phrase when you're podding. And uh, I've tried to strip it down a little bit in the last couple of episodes. So do let me know is enhancing your listening experience if uh, without the use of nevertheless all the time. What was I saying? Eliezer, Hernandez, Jeff Brigham. What are the, what are the Mets going to do with Eliezer? I'm intrigued, but they're in the division. We're going to see them, and there's a good chance if Eliezer makes the roster that we're going to see Eliezer. And how does that play out? We'll wait and see. We will. So, guys, that's going to wrap us up. Overall, the roster now sits at 39. So that's the other final note with all of the transactions that have gone on and Brian Anderson uh, being uh, non-tendered, the roster sits at 39. There is a space on the roster to add into, uh, either with waiver claims, which I think they have until Tuesday for that, uh, for those guys that were uh, that were most recently DFA'd. So a couple of days' worth of waiver claims, if indeed the Marlins want to go down that path. I have to call out Luke Williams, uh, was non-tendered by the, by the Dodgers. Uh, so that uh, relationship ended relatively... Uh, quickly, let's say. I, I mean, I hope Luke Williams hadn't moved himself and all his family, etc., over to to LA in the past week. Bought a new house. The next thing is non-tendered. Hope that wasn't the case. But they have a spot free on the roster. Brian Anderson is gone. Purely economics, in my opinion. The six million did not make sense. A team will see value in Brian Anderson for sure. Um, the Marlins were right not to pay Brian Anderson, um, so we have to call that out. Um, Dylan Floro has been given what I believe to be Marlins closer money. And for me, that is a sign that that they have they feel comfortable that Floro uh can do the job in the ninth inning. We'll wait and see what they do the rest of the offseason. Eliezer Hernandez is a med, as is Jeff Brigham. And with that being said, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. And I'll be back on Monday. No doubt Sean Barrett will be in the house uh as we digest all of this news. We'll look forward to that. Enjoy your weekends, guys, and I'll see you Monday. <laughs>